I'm Joe Mayers, and this is Think Forever. This week, it's a story of fear. We'll see what it's like to have courage in the face of danger, and that the kingdom of God cannot be thwarted by even the mightiest empires of men. Episode 6, Fear God, Not Man, Part 1. Lutetia, 250 AD, modern-day Paris. Titus woke up with dread just as the sun started to rise. He was on a straw-stuffed mattress atop one of dozens of small wooden beds arranged in two neat rows in the barracks. He and the other soldiers slept there in shifts. Quintus was waking up as well, in the bed next to Titus. They had shared this space for the last five months, and during that time they had become friends. Where are you going? Quintus asked. Patrol, Titus said, as he took his tunic and weapons out from the small compartment under his bed. I thought you were on the afternoon shift today. Quintus said. Nope, Titus said. Morning patrol. Well, I get to sleep in for a while before I have to go out to Montmartre. Titus looked grave when Quintus said that, but he shook the expression off quickly so his friend wouldn't notice. Enjoy, he said morbidly. Quintus put his head back down and closed his eyes as Titus left. Titus walked down the streets of Lutetia. The sun had been up for an hour and the dirt was still damp from the morning dew. It stuck to the creases in the bottom of his sandals. He looked over his shoulder to be sure no one had followed him. He had never been followed, to the best of his knowledge, but there were rumors of such things in the Roman Empire. He was a soldier, stationed in Lutetia. This was not his home. He didn't consider it his home anyway. It wasn't his true home. He was born in Athens, but soldiers had no choice over their assignments. He had come to Lutetia three years earlier, and for most of that time, he had kept a secret. He stopped and took one last look before he went down into an underground staircase. Six stone steps took him down to a wooden door marked with an ichthys, a rudimentary fish drawing. It was an oval with two lines off the right side that signified a tail. He knocked three times and waited, then twice, then once. That was the agreed-upon signal. It was subtle enough to thwart authorities, but recognizable enough that the brothers and sisters could discern between a friend and a threat. The door opened and creaked on primitive hinges. The bottom of it scraped against the dirt and small rocks on the doorstep. Lucius peered out with caution until he saw Titus. 
It was tough to make him out with the sun behind him, and discretion had to remain paramount. It may have seemed unwelcoming, but it was necessary. He stepped back into the house and left the door ajar. Titus followed. Inside was dark, but for the glow of candles, they lit the room well enough. There was a small group of men and women gathered, sharing food and wine, with smiles and prayers. It was a small church gathering. They were known only by their fruit, at least until you joined them. They were in a hostile land, and anonymity, at times, meant survival. A brother named Denis and two of his companions had been arrested in Lutatia a few days earlier for openly preaching the gospel. It was a cruel and regular reminder of the stakes of their faith that made them slouch with their good news instead of standing up straight and shouting it. That year, Emperor Decius had made a decree that every one of his subjects had to take part in a pagan ritual. It involved burning incense to his image, and participants had to receive a certificate to prove they had taken part. This had shaken the rapidly growing Christian community throughout the Roman Empire. Many took a stand against it. No king but Christ, they chanted. And they chanted it all the way to their deaths. Leg tracks in the dirt led to many who had been dragged off for their faith. Have you made a decision? Lucius asked. Titus cleared his throat, and it seemed the whole room went silent and watched him. I have he said hesitantly. They're coming for them in a few hours. If your offer still stands, I'll set them free and bring them with me. Lucius smiled a bittersweet smile. Sweet, for his son in the faith had come so far and had made a difficult decision, and that made him proud. Bitter, for that decision would take him away forever. Denis and his friends had been a large catch for the Roman Empire. Denis was the bishop of Lutatia. The Romans believed they could cut off the head of the local church community and watch the body die. They didn't realize the blood of the saints is the seed of the church. Like a mother's spider with millions of creepy little babies on her back, give her a swat and they spread out in every direction, a much larger problem than they had been before. Denis and his partners lay languid in the dark, cowered from beatings, and were fed from scraps, just enough sustenance to get them to their execution. Titus had struggled, since he first believed, over whether or not he could continue as a soldier. He knew, even if it meant peril, that he had to leave behind everything with the stench of paganism and persecution of Christ's body. Once Denis and his comrades were confirmed prisoners, he knew he had to do something. Thirty-eight leagues southeast, Lucius said. To Sans. I sent a letter to Brother Marcus three days ago. Titus looked surprised to hear that. Lucius had sent the letter before Titus had made up his mind. Lucius smiled and said, I knew you would do the right thing. He'll be expecting the four of you. This is it then, Titus said, 
and looked into his mentor's compassionate eyes. He was sad to leave behind the only family he had ever known, the only church he had ever known. But most Christians of his time and place never got to enjoy such length of luxury. Most had never had years at a time without persecution or having to move to another place. Brother Titus's hour had come at last. He only hoped that Lucius couldn't tell how frightened he was. Soldiers had to be brave. It was frightful to go against the Empire. It was ill-advised to those whose treasure was on this side of the veil and wanted to stay with it. Titus's treasure was in heaven, not earth, and the time had come to take a stand for his true kingdom. The kingdom of God. He would set the three brothers free before their execution, then the four of them would flee to Lucius's friend in Sans, where a church community would take them in, hide them, and give them a hot meal. They would be searched for, likely high and low, but the powers that be would eventually give up and pivot to something more pressing. Then they would be free to get on with their lives and their work for the kingdom. But before that, everything had to go perfectly. Titus flushed and shook at the thought of that moment. That moment when he would release the prisoners and officially go from good Roman soldier to law-breaking fugitive. Everything had to go perfectly. Everything had to be timed correctly. He had to be prepared to improvise. If the unexpected happened, he would have to be quick. Everything had to go perfectly. Lucius and the other brothers and sisters down in that dark house off the filthy streets of Lutatia rested their hands on their beloved brother's shoulders and back as they prayed over him. There were many tears but they rejoiced, too. They rejoiced that God had arranged this opportunity for Titus to overcome his fear and to serve the kingdom in such a way. They were proud of him. Titus cried for the first time in his adult life as he said goodbye to them. Roman soldiers didn't cry. They were strong and stoic, detached from any cardiological entanglements. There was only duty. They had a job, and emotions played no part in it. Titus had changed a lot since he first followed Jesus. A lot. And he cried as he left Brother Lucius's house. Titus walked down the stone corridor. It was darkness, abbreviated by sparse rectangles of sunlight where it managed to squeeze through the windows every 15 feet. In the spaces between, it was hard to believe it was light outside. When he opened Denis' cell door, he had no idea how unwelcome the noise was. Denis had come to associate the sound, a sickening creak of rusty metal with prison guards coming to throw rotten food at him, to question him, or to beat him for jollies. He had no idea what Titus had in store for him. Titus had kept his distance from Denis up until then. He had been afraid that Denis would out him for his faith. Not out of malice, of course. Denis would never do something like that on purpose. He was renowned for his kindness. 
Titus was only afraid that Denis was incapable of concealing their mutual love and devotion to Jesus Christ. Denis had an unpredictable joy where two or more were gathered. That was the kind of outbursting faith he had. A loud and blousy spirit like Denis might not have been able to contain his excitement for his fellow brother. Titus couldn't risk it until now. The time for cowardice was over. It was time for brave and reckless actions. As soon as they were clear of Lutetia, he could be out and public with his faith, as brazen as Denis. Ready to go? Titus asked. Denis looked up, eyes dim from the darkness of his cell, atrophied from weeks of confinement. He muttered, Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword separate us from the love of Christ? We are regarded as sheep to the slaughter. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. He was lethargic, dry-throated, delirious. Get up, Titus said a little more firmly. He still had to play the role of executioner because Denis seemed too unstable to trust with the information yet. This light and momentary affliction prepares for us an eternal weight of glory, Denis said. All right, Titus said. He grabbed Denis under his arms and lifted him up, and the chains rattled as Denis took a defensive posture. Where are they keeping your friends? Titus asked. I won't answer that. Answer the question. Here, came a voice from down the hall. Titus looked into the darkness and heard it again. We won't let our brother go alone. Titus smiled at Denis, who had no idea that a lesser salvation had just come to them all. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Think Forever podcast. The story was written by Nick Stewart and performed by me, Joe Mayers. Next week, we'll finish up the story of Titus and Denis. If you're enjoying our show, we would love it if you would leave us a five-star review. It helps us so much as we try to get these stories to even more people. Plus, we pick one of those to read out with every one of our behind-the-scenes episodes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time.